Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Kenzie from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything, lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram, and it's just at Kenzie Elizabeth. I release new episodes every Thursday, so hope to see you there. Today's episode is brought to you by PC Financial. We are diving into the world of money and finances. We're getting uncomfortable about a conversation that so many of us love to avoid and getting real candid about it. This episode is sponsored by PC Financial, and we're really excited to dive into exactly how we can look at our money in a whole new way. Enjoy the show. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostess, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, everyone, welcome back. Today is a topic that I tend to like to avoid because it's not something I'm comfortable with. It's not something I like to talk about or even deal with, and that is money. But we have a guest today who is going to help guide us through some conversations, get comfortable about money, comfortable about talking about our finances without actually having armpit sweat going down our sides, which is essentially what's happening already right now. I'm not even kidding. I'm like, I'm actually sweating as I say that. Thank you, Jessica Morehouse, for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became kind of this millennial money expert. Yeah. So yeah, I am sure what you feel, I mean, I know for a fact that what you feel about money is very common because I, so let me kind of, yeah, give you a little backstory of uh, how this all came to be because I did not expect to be where I am right now talking money all the time. I actually went to university to become a filmmaker. I was an art school kid, graduated during the 2009 recession, obviously could not find a job and needed to move out of my parents. And so had a very windy kind of road in my career. But when I finally found a job 
after university, I started reading personal finance blogs and books because I had no money and I didn't want to be a broke student anymore. And I uh, was talking to my older sister, a few years older than me. And she's like, oh, you should check you know, some of these books out. They've been really helping me. And it kind of showed me there's this whole personal finance world out there. And it, I, I guess it turned into a huge passion of mine because I started my own blog and then I started my podcast five years ago and it snowballed into a whole career that is all about financial literacy. And so now I create content about personal finance. And I also work with clients one-on-one as a financial counselor. That's so cool. And, and you know what? I feel like it's one of those, it's one of those things that's happened to so many of us is we just got caught up in being afraid of talking about money so that we avoid it. Like it kind of becomes like this junk drawer of our lives. Where we're just like, I'm just going to tuck it away and just like not deal with it. And I did that after going through a divorce, I got my first standalone bank account when I was 30. So imagine being 30 and a mother of three and now trying to navigate what it is to budget and, you know, pay your bills and try and do all of these things like save up for a mortgage while also trying to like stay on top of like getting groceries and all of these things. So, I mean, mm-hmm. families are so different. Mm-hmm. Families are so, so different. And we're built completely differently, especially across Canada. Everything's going on. Everything's going on mm-hmm. right now. And money is an uncomfortable topic, mm-hmm. but I would love to hear from you. I know what my common concerns are, but what are some common concerns that you're hearing a lot from Canadian families? Yeah, it's been an interesting time the past, you know, I guess six months since uh, kind of the pandemic happened, I've been talking to so many more people that would never normally talk about money or or really think about taking their finances seriously. But this has kind of, I think, been that they may be trigger point. Be like, oh wow, I need to do something because what if I lose my job? What if something happens? Maybe I'm not okay. I should talk to somebody, uh, to somebody about it or should, you know, really educate myself about it. So I think that like the biggest concern right now I see a lot across the board is how do I protect myself in case something does happen, an emergency, job loss, anything like that, which is very simple solution. Just making sure you have a emergency fund, which is, I mean, can look like a lot of different things, but typically it's just about three to six months of your living expenses tucked away in a high interest savings account. Um, that you don't touch unless there's an emergency. And depending on your situation, such as if you're self-employed, a freelancer, or you work multiple uh, jobs, you don't have one kind of stable full-time job, you might even want more than that. I'm self-employed. I have about a year's worth uh, saved up because my business is very different. And you know, even during this time, a lot of parts of my business have completely dried up. So I've had to pivot. And so it's just a really easy well, easy in theory, maybe not in practice, thing that anyone can do to make sure that they are properly protected, especially for their family. I think a lot of times we get really comfortable with where we're at. What's going on right now? What am I doing? A huge part of my job was in public speaking. About a third of my income was in public speaking. So the pandemic hits and suddenly that wiped away. So I went from being like, oh, I'm diversifying the way I make money into, oh my gosh, what have I done? And I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for that conversation or what that looked like or having to go back and, and rejig, you know, budgets and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I honestly, it's so funny when we talk about budgeting, cause I am horrifying with it. Like I always have to remind myself, I'm a bit of like an immature finance person because I just haven't had enough time or I've been avoiding the topic. So when it comes to budgeting, I know how important it is. I, I see some of my friends 
being able to afford things and do things in their life that maybe I'm five years out from, 10 years out from, but I know I have to take steps in order to create that opportunity by budgeting. And all we hear about, like all I hear about for budgeting is like, you know, putting your cards in a freezer and (laughs) and doing these like weird, you know, or like putting money in an envelope. And I'm like, I could see that working, but right now we're not supposed to be spending good cash and we're having to use tap things. So all of these, all of these, even like funny little different tips of advice are not really anything that aligns right now. So top pieces of budgeting advice. Give us like a mini breakdown of what are some easy ways that we can just like start budgeting. I hate that word. I feel like we need like a zazaing. Like how do we start zazaing? That sounds funner than budgeting. I just 100%. Everyone thinks budget is a bad word, which is fine. Maybe it's just so overused. So I tend to, when someone's like, oh, I hate that word. Let's use a different word or a different term like spending plan or income Ooh, plan, something like that. That makes me feel like I am spending instead well, of telling well, me I can't. Well, that's the thing too. There's, I think a lot of, there's a lot of flack for spending, but that's what money's for. We're supposed to spend it either now or several years in the future. Even if you're saving money, you're eventually going to spend the money. That is the point of having money, right? So I think maybe thinking of things in a little bit more positive terms. So spending plan sounds a little bit more exciting than a budget. Budget sounds restricting. Spending plan sounds like we're making a plan for figuring out what our net income is and then how do we want to allocate it? Where do we want to put it into savings and for what specific purposes? And uh, how much are we going to allocate for our fixed and variable expenses? So basically, all a budget is, is really taking a look at how much money is coming in and where do we want it to go? And then giving it either dollar amounts or percentages for that money so it can work better for you. And the kind of, there's lots of, you know, great kind of rules of thumb that can give you some guidance. You know, a really popular one is make sure that you're at least saving 20% of your net income. I like to think maybe a little bit more if you can afford it. My ultimate goal for lots of people is like, if you can save half of your income and spend half of your income, how amazing is that? Uh, but again, everyone's different. Everyone's situation is different. And that's the other thing too, because you kind of mentioned this. We tend to always think about what other people are doing with their money. We need to think more about what are we doing with our money? Bringing the focus back onto ourselves so there's less shame and judgment and comparison because that is just a big motivation killer. Like some t- people think that comparing yourself to others may motivate you to do things. Most of the time you just think about it and you just, you know, put your head in the sand and don't do anything about it. So my kind of first tip is, you know, there's so many different spreadsheets out there. I'm a big spreadsheet fan, or there's apps out there that can get you started with creating that spending plan. So you have an idea of where do we want our money to go? And then once you have that budget, and this is kind of the second component that I think not a lot of people talk about is creating what I like to call like a cash flow design or cash flow framework. So basically having a visualization and I, I, you can write it down or or draw it on a whiteboard, whatever you want of, okay, on payday, where's my money flowing? So it's going to flow into my checking account or or a bank account. It's going to then go into savings accounts. It's going to go to my credit cards to pay those off. We need to see where it goes. So on payday, we have an mm. actual action plan. And then if you can, make things automatic. So you're automatically saving and paying your bills and investing. Another trick too for a lot of people who want kind of a different strategy. This is something that I personally do and I recommend to a lot of people who maybe have had a spending problem in the past is making sure that you have uh, different bank accounts for different purposes. So for, for instance, talking about savings, don't put everything in one account. 
divide them into different savings goals. So if you're saving for a home down payment, emergency fund, uh, travel, have three different savings accounts for those different goals. It's easier to track your progress with those goals, keeps everything nice and organized. And same with your spending. I know lots of people maybe use one bank account just to pay their fixed, you know, their bills to make sure their bills are paid off. And then another account to, you know, do grocery shopping, like kind of the variable spending, your grocery shopping, takeout, um, just, you know, things for the home, things that, you know, you may not always spend the exact same amount of money, but you do spend money on those. And one strategy too is to use, you know, like there's lots of different products out there, uh, but one that is new on the scene is the PC money account. So basically you can, you know, give yourself kind of an allowance on payday, put that money into that account, use your card on whatever you want. And not only are you kind of giving yourself that allowance, so helping you actually stay on budget, you also have um, kind of the reward system that they have because you can earn PC optimum points when using that card. So it's a nice little incentive maybe to actually spend the money that you have. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> PC optimum points because I have a story there. So yeah, we've, we've been talking a little bit about the new PC money account, which is incredible because it's a it's really a great way to kind of enhance the experience of collecting rewards points like PC optimum. I have a bit of a wild tale when it comes to PC optimum because when, like I said, when I was 30, I went through a divorce. Mm -hmm. I'm now financially independent for the first time, but I'm responsible for some humans. Mm -hmm. So I spent that first year living with my parents, saving every dollar I had. And I remember I was collecting PC optimum points, just doing grocery shopping, all my normal stuff. And the cashier would always say to me, like, you're actually building up a lot here. Like, would you like to spend them? And I was like, no, no, no. A rainy day might come. I need to be ready for that. Because let's be real, when we talk about saving, that was under the assumption that I was going to make it to my next paycheck, which as soon as I was on my own two feet, I realized very quickly I was a little bit not ready. Like, not that I wasn't ready. I definitely, I, I went I went back and, and I had a mortgage now and I looked at it and it looked affordable. And it was, if everything stayed the exact same way it did, where all of my money flowed without any type of variations. Kept saying this, and you know, my points are for my rainy day, my optimum rewards, like that, that's for my rainy day. That's my savings account because I didn't have anything on top. There was no extra. And then one day I was out with my kids and I came home and the dog was acting funny. And uh, she had ended up eating a pack of gum that had a sweetener called xylitol in it. Now, to kind of briefly explain that, she was going into a coma and slipping and was very, very close to death. And I remember scooping her up. Like, I called the vets and they said, get in the car and drive as fast as you can. Essentially, it was like, there's not like an ambulance call for a dog. So like, get in the car and drive as fast as you can to the hospital. So I put her in my lap and I dial my mom on speakerphone as I'm driving. And I just, my dog is dying in my lap. I'm going to mm. feel emotional about mm. this. My dog is dying in my lap. And all I could think about was, I don't have the money to do this. Mm -hmm. I can't save her. And my parents don't have the money. I'm not, I don't have, there is no savings. There's no backup, but I have to save this dog. So I get there and I said to them, I'm like, be real with me. Like, what is this going to cost? And they were like, it's going to be about two grand. And she has about a 40% chance of living. So I'm like, let's roll this dang dice. This is going to be the scariest thing I'll ever do. Well, she pulled through and it was $2,000 and she came home and it was the best thing that ever happened to us. And all of a sudden, I remember just this moment of, oh my gosh, I have my PC Optimum points. Now this happened in, a no like, I think it was November. So we're talking like Christmas season, 
We're about to go into the Christmas holidays. I'm not kidding you. My family survived and was able to eat and celebrate Christmas and everything because of those PC Optimum points, because I made that my rainy day fund. Even that's, that's like not the most ideal thing to be doing. My money, it was free. It was free. It was just happening in the background of my normal spending because I was on a lower income. I didn't have the affordability to save. This rewards program was actually benefiting my life in a way that I had no idea. I was able to pay my bills with my income and all of our groceries, all of our gifts, everything else went on PC Optimum. I just kept going and doing everything I could, you know, using PC Optimum points over and over again. And I remember finally being able to be like, I hit it. I hit my rainy day. Here it is. But this is something that because I've gone through it, I see the importance of reward programs. And I think a lot of times we're like, oh, it's just like free stuff. That's awesome. Like how cool. And I'm just like, you don't understand. Like you don't know how much it might save your butt one day. So I would love to talk with you about your feelings on reward programs and maybe how we can kind of use these everyday reward programs like PC Optimum and like the PC Money account to kind of help our money go further and just your advice around using them. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. I mean, thanks so much for sharing that story. That's so as I cried. I know it's so You're powerful. <laughs> I know it honestly re- reminded me of a time when I was in my twenties and you know broke, trying to save money, but you know low income, working two jobs, and I am a, like a points hoarder until I need something or you know something's you know at a good value or something like that. But I remember having basically no money until my paycheck, which was maybe a a week later, and then using my points to buy groceries. And it was like a big deal. It was a big deal. And that stuck with me because that's like, well, number one, I never want to be in that position again. I think that's part of the motivation for me to educate myself and do what I can, you know, to control my finances a little bit better. But it also goes to show using those programs. And again, you know, for instance, like the PC Optimum Point is a free program. Like it doesn't cost you any money to join and to participate into. So you just basically are earning rewards on things that you would probably spend money on anyways, right? Well, we have to buy our groceries. We have to go to the drugstore. We have to like everyday spending is going to happen. It's part of all of that variables that we have. Right. So it, yeah, it makes sense. Well, it drives me crazy too. Whenever I go to like, you know, the grocery store and they ask you, oh, do you have, you know, a PC Optimum card? And the person says, no. And I don't know if you do this, but sometimes I'm like, I have a card. <laughs> I, t- I totally do I'll that. Take your I'll be like me. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it's like, it's it. basically like free money if you kind of think of it in those terms. So it's like what you're, you're only missing out if you don't, you know, again, it's like, there's no downside. So why not do it? But yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people may not, you know, opt into some of these reward programs because they think it's too much effort or I'll never use it. But there's so many like websites dedicated to basically creating different strategies to optimize rewards and points. So clearly it is actually pretty valuable. So it just makes sense to kind of include that when you're creating your budget and your kind of cash flow system and really being mindful of how am I going to spend my money? Like what products am I going to use to get the most uh, value or to earn rewards on things that I would spend money on normally? Kind of integrate that into uh, your system. Well, And I think that's the other thing I kind of want to talk about too is when you are 
you know, I need to, you know, do something with my finances. I want to get more organized with it. Really integrating the idea of being more mindful with your money. So really being intentional with every single thing that you do. Now that can look like a lot of different things. It can mean like one kind of thing I always suggest to people is like when you make a budget and you have that cash flow system, track your spending as well. Now that could be, you know, something I do, which is like really like download my transactions from all my bank accounts and credit cards and then putting it into a spreadsheet and really sifting through it. Or it could just look at your statements, like making it a point every month, looking at your statements and your spending. So you know where your money's going and then you can make some choices for the next month. How am I going to adjust so I can better save more money? Because I'm spending too much and that doesn't leave enough money for saving. So what can I do the next month so I can do a little bit better and stay on budget? So really just kind of, I think, integrating this idea, getting rid of this idea that spending is bad because it's not and maybe replacing it with the idea of let's be more intentional and mindful with where my money is going. Because overall, it's going to have a big effect on my present and my future. Now let's take a quick pause from the show to talk about today's sponsor, PC Financial. If you are a fellow Canadian, I know that maybe like me, you love your PC Optimum points and love redeeming those points for free stuff. But did you know that you can get even more groceries and beauty products for free? Well, now you may be able to because PC Financial has a new no monthly fee account that will make you think about money in a whole new way. It's called the PC Money Account. It's a bank account that makes everyday spending go further. The PC Money Account gets you PC Optimum points for doing everyday things like grocery shopping and online shopping, which if you're anything like me, I've been doing more than ever. More points mean more rewards, so you can turn your everyday spending into a treat for yourself. The PC Money account, like I said, is a no monthly fee bank account that makes every dollar of your purchases go further with PC Optimum points. I personally use my PC Optimum points all the time, whether it's on grocery or beauty products. It feels so good to have like what feels like free money because it's being rewarded back to you for your normal spending. It makes those little expenses just so much easier to manage. But the PC Money account works like a bank account, but rewards users with 10 PC Optimum points for every dollar they spend anywhere they shop. You earn 25 points in total per dollar spent at Shoppers Drug Mart. And as a welcome bonus, you'll get up to 50,000 points if you take advantage of introductory offers when setting up your account and adding payroll, direct deposit, or paying bills online. For Canadians who crave more from their money, the PC Money account can help you send it and set savings goals, all while getting rewarded on your spending with loyalty points you can actually use. Enjoy free Interact e-transfers, services, and free withdrawals at PC Financial ATMs across Canada. And you can sign up for a PC Money account today and start earning those PC Optimum points and redeeming on everyday essentials. Go to pcfinancial.ca forward slash papaya to open a PC money account and you too can start thinking about money in a whole new way. That's pcfinancial.ca forward slash papaya. Now let's get back to the show. I don't know what it is about if it's the millennial generation or what it is, but I don't feel like we were taught to save the same way that our parents Mm -hmm. were. I feel like it just, I don't know, like, no, none of my friends really talk about saving. It doesn't really seem to be a part of our dialogue or a life too much, but 
yet it's kind of integral to our futures. And, and I think that one thing that's been really hard, especially with, you know, some of the housing markets and, and, you know, what it is to kind of live on a single income or dual income, it's just, it's so much difference. We're almost like living right to our means. And we don't think about saving in the same way, which makes it really complicated. If you have kids, you know, this is a huge one planning for your children's financial future. I haven't. (laughs) So what is that like if my kids ever listen to this, they're like, wait, wait what? <laughs> <laughs> or is that called? You know what? I think one thing too, because I've talked a lot about like, this is such a great moment in time to really take action with your finances and, you know, make some better choices. Because again, you're going to thank yourself later in the future. But also if you do this, what a great kind of example you're setting for your kids. Because, you know, we t- I've had so many conversations with people about, I never learned this when I was younger. And now I'm in my, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s. And I'm just thinking about it for the first time. Well, one way to kind of stop that pattern for your kids is if not only do you start changing your habits, but you show what you're doing with your kids. Don't make money a taboo subject. It doesn't have to be. Integrate them into the conversation. If you have like, you know, me and my husband have a monthly money meeting where we chat about, okay, what are our financial goals this month? How did we do with our budget? Maybe even including your kids so they can see you and your partner talk about the family finances so it becomes a normal thing. So when they're in a relationship or even off on their own, They'll have the same habit of maybe having a monthly money meeting with themselves, taking a look at their finances, making these decisions. Because like you said, no one really talks about it openly. I mean, I'm in a like a weird bubble where I talk about it all the time. Yes. Lots of people talk about it all the time, but most people don't. And I think- And I stay away from right? your bubble most at all don't. Costs. And so if you're, none of your friends or family talk about it, how are you ever going to know to talk about it? And I think one issue too is we're in this online world. There's Instagram, there's all this stuff. We see all these people clearly spending money, but no one's talking about how did they earn that money? How did they afford that? And so we have these really warped, you know, kind of ideas of like, how did they afford a house? I thought, you know, they, I thought they made as much as me. I don't understand. And so there's like lots of disconnects. And again, I going back to this idea, I think we need to, it's, you know, good to know what other people are doing, but let's maybe focus less on the comparison game because it just makes you feel bad and just focus more on yourself. What can you realistically achieve? What do you want to get out of your money? Which is why also, if you are still having a hard time with the idea of like budgeting, focus on those goals of yours. What do you want? Do you want to buy a house one day? Do you want to go on a trip? Those are the exciting things to kind of plan. And then you can kind of get into the nitty gritty. You're like, okay, that's what we want. How do we achieve it? What do we actually need to do? What are the action steps? So let's write them all out and then start making progress towards achieving those. And that's what I love about what you said about like not comparing and stuff too much either, because let's be real, life shifts happen all the time. Sometimes we're surprised by a huge life change, whether it's job loss, you know, the pandemic has changed so many different business structures, especially in the entrepreneurial zone. People are scrambling more than ever. Divorce rates are going up. And these are like, these are big devastations to our financial situation. So it's nice to know that it doesn't really matter when and where you are down the line. There are ways to kind of start. There's ways to kind of get, get going again. And, and I feel like I, that's the one thing, like as much as it does make me sweat and it does make me uncomfortable 
Just this year is the first time I've actually started looking at my finances and paying attention to where things go and just creating a little bit more mindfulness around spending or just seeing how you can optimize on your spending. It actually does make a difference. It is going to change our bottom line. Even if it's like the tiniest amount, it's better than nothing. And and sometimes I think we just want to avoid things because it's uncomfortable, but by facing them, it's like facing that fear a little bit. We no longer have to have this like bear between us and the money that Mm -hmm. we're making and the life that we're building. It's right there. It's not so scary. I'm saying this Mm -hmm. like almost a pep talk. No, no, no. No, Like I hear this all all the time that there's so many emotions wrapped into money too, as we've kind of touched on. But, you know, some of the biggest emotions is, you know, uh, shame and anxiety. And those are big emotions that no one wants to face. We want to avoid shame, avoid anxiety. But if you actually confront your money. And yeah, it's it's not going to be easy. Just like anything that you want to overcome in life, it's never going to be easy. But once you do it, it does get easier. And the more that you integrate it into your daily life, it doesn't feel like this big kind of ogre that you have to confront. It's like, oh, that's okay. I'm, I'm used to checking my you know bank accounts every week and now I, it doesn't make me feel bad and it actually makes me feel good one thing that I do with my clients that is such an easy thing that everyone can do that actually makes people feel good like all my clients are like oh I'm so glad we do this is tracking your net worth which is really on a monthly basis you can do it quarterly or yearly but I like to do it monthly it's really noting down the balances every single month in your bank accounts um, and your investments accounts really tracking your assets and your liabilities your debts to find out on a month per month basis are we doing better? So if you're paying down debt and you're saving a little bit more money, your net worth should grow each month. And seeing that little, oh, my net worth increased by, you know, even $500 this month compared to last month's, that should make you feel good. Like, oh, what I'm doing is working. So I need to keep doing it. That extra little, that I think validation and just like the data, the numbers don't lie. Such an easy thing to do that will, I think, give you that extra kind of inspiration to keep on going and not stopping. Well, and that's the kind of comparison that we need, right? This like you versus you kind of thing and understanding that, yeah, those like small little steps can make such a big difference when it comes to those things. But when we're talking about all of this, we're also talking right now in a very uncertain time. Everyone's feeling maybe a little bit less confident in their finances, maybe a little bit more anxious, maybe feeling more shame. Or you could be like us who we really thought we're in a really blessed position. Neither of us lost our jobs and we got really gung-ho on let's just support businesses as much as possible until we realized how much we were spending on yeah. takeout. Like it was... <laughs> Yeah, like, I did that too. <laughs> I, I nearly vomited. I was like, oh, okay, this was really nice of us, but we actually do still have to like continue a strategy moving forward. So like there are there are some ways to kind of like do that good, but also like not go too far and not guilt spend, I think is is probably important. But when it comes to good short-term goals and long-term goals, what are some that we should really be looking at right now, especially because it's kind of uncertain and it it maybe feels a little unstable? What are some of those short and long-term goals that we can kind of start looking at? Definitely. I think this is the perfect opportunity to see what are some gaps in your kind of financial picture. So I already mentioned the emergency fund. This should be your number one priority if you don't have one. Um, Because if you don't have an emergency fund, an emergency happens and it it happens all the time. I was just uh, working with the client recently and she's like, oh, are you sure about this emergency fund? I'm not sure. I really want to focus just on debt repayment. I'm like, I promise you, you're going to want to have some cash in the bank in case something happens. Something happened. Her landlord sold her apartment. She had to find a new place to live very quickly. She had very cheap rent. You know, she's paying more in rent now. 
guess what? You know, the moving costs and yes. just now this stuff. She's like, thank God I had my emergency fund. So things happen all the time. <laughs> I promise I wouldn't you. have even thought of that because debt versus saving. If you have debt, your automatic assumption is, well, I need to just pay off the debt. Not like, necessarily. Saving. If you don't have an emergency fund and you and something happens, guess what? You're going to probably put it on credit and get into debt again. So it's good to have the cash in the bank in case something happens because something will always happen. So just be prepared. Your future self will thank you. I promise. And then once you've got that, you know, either maybe halfway saved or fully saved and you've got that in the bank, then we can look at some other areas. So if you do have debt and maybe a variety of debt, which is you know fairly common in Canada, quite honestly, looking at them and really prioritizing which one should I focus on paying off first. So obviously, obviously you always want to pay your minimum payments, your minimum required payments, but then taking a look at the interest rates. And I, so many people don't know the interest rates they're paying on their debts. So your credit cards, you know, may be higher than your line of credit or your student loan. So really taking a look at your debts and focusing, okay, do I want to, you know, do the debt avalanche method, which is paying the highest interest debt first and then moving on to the second highest, or there's the debt snowball method, which is uh, paying off the smallest balance first and then the second biggest balance after that. Just figuring out what are some different debt repayment strategies so I can have a plan and really have an idea of when will I become debt-free, really making it clear so you know what you're working towards. Now, if debt you don't have debt and you're in one of those lucky positions, what a great time to start looking at building your wealth and investing for either short-term goals like you know uh, home ownership, or retirement. And really, I know that's kind of like a whole probably other episode about investing. And a lot of people have the same anxiety when it comes to like budgeting as with investing, especially women. But it's so important to really take the time to, you know, learn some of the basics and get started as soon as possible. I think that's so true and so important. And, you know, every time that I have these conversations, as much as I enter into them feeling really kind of sweaty, you do come away feeling like a little bit better. And and right now, I mean, we've been talking about instability a lot. And because I think that it would be so unfair and almost cruel to talk about today's life and talk about finances without acknowledging how unstable it is. Is it possible to create financial stability with our everyday spending? right now in the middle of a pandemic when there is so much going on can we can we create that financial stability absolutely and i think we need to kind of think cuz things are so crazy and we don't know what the future holds but honestly even when the times are more stable we still don't know what the future holds so all you can do is control what you can personally control so kind of letting go of this idea that I can't change what's going to happen with the world. All I can do is change what I do in reaction to it. And that's another, I think, important word too is reaction. So many of us are reactive instead of proactive or just, you know, intentional. So that's why even if right now you're like, oh, I just, it's so hard to focus. How can I, you know, focus on my finances so much is going on in the world just taking a step back, maybe honestly like logging out of the internet for a little bit, offline for a bit, and focusing on yourself, your needs, your priorities, and making a plan. Also, it doesn't have to be right away. I think a lot of people are get stressed out about it. They're like, I need to do this right away. It's like, take your time. You've got plenty of time. So just do one thing after the other and make a plan for maybe it's just, 
okay, I need to create a budget. So today I'm going to, you know, research different budgeting tools. And then tomorrow I'm actually going to fill in my information into my budget. Then the next day I'm going to do this. So making a plan and just giving yourself, I think, a little bit of a break because we are in a weird situation. Emotions are high. You know, it's very stressful for lots of us. And, you know, a lot of us, you know, have experienced either job loss or, you know, certain streams of income have just totally disappeared. So we need to just focus on what we can in this moment and and give yourself a little bit of grace. What I love about your answer there was it so similar to talking about mental health, talking about our physical health, and talking about our financial health. Like this is actually a pillar that I feel like we don't discuss enough, but yet does impact the other pillars in which we build our lives upon. I often talk about mental health. I often talk about physical health and talk about like creating space and grace for those things. But when it comes to money, it's like, I don't, I don't, when you were, when you were talking about it and and you were describing it in that way of just like an intentionality and just like almost like care and, you know, uh, just paying attention and giving it that little bit of time and giving it that grace and, and not trying to like run up a mountain, but like step by step, step by step, step by step. So I think that was like just such an aha moment for me right then is just recognizing that it's financial health is, is definitely one of our pillars and it's definitely part of who we are. And, and it's okay to kind of feel scared about it. It's okay to kind of feel uncertain about it. And there are ways to kind of create the stability and there's ways to save, whether it's saving money, whether it's through rewards programs, PC Optimum, I just love that there is so many opportunities right now. And and like we said, there's there's some free ones too with the PC Money account. That's why I'm so excited that we're talking about it because it's it's genuinely free. Like it's yeah, genuinely it's genuinely free. free. And that's yeah, something I have really touched on is when you're, first I want to acknowledge, thanks so much for, I, I'm so glad that that kind of hit a nerve for you. But yeah, I talk a lot about how when you really focus on, you know, uh, organizing your finances and taking that action, it is a form of self-care. So think of it in those terms. You're taking, care of yourself, your present self, your future self, and also any dependence that you have. So it is kind of a self-care practice. So I think that might be another way to kind of, oh, that doesn't make me feel so anxious when it comes to budgeting is self-care. But also really, you know, going back to being intentional with how you use certain financial products. I think a lot of us don't really do that. Take a look at where you're banking, what products you're using and are they making the most sense for you? Are you getting the best benefits and most value? One thing I talk about all the time with you know, clients or even podcast listeners is I'm a big fan of no fee banks because most of us don't realize we're paying fees at the bank, a monthly fee uh, just for having an account. So you know, a great way to save money, very easy is to see your options and see if there's a no fee bank that does, you know, doesn't charge you monthly fees. The PC money account will uh, you know, be one of those options. So there's so many different things, especially when you're making your budget, looking at your spending that you, you'll be able to identify, oh, here's one thing that I can change that can save me maybe hundreds of dollars in the long run. Jessica, you are awesome. This was actually so lovely. And I'm no longer feeling like a sweaty mess talking about this. Tell us where we can find you, where we can kind of dive into more financial stuff and kind of start taking care of our financial wellness. 100%. So you can find me at jessicamorehouse.com. I also have a podcast called The Mo Money Podcast. So if you want to dive into the world of finance and maybe slowly on your commute or just at home, listen to a podcast about money, you can check that out. Um, also, if you want to get started, I have a ton of free resources on my website. So if you go to jessicamorehouse.com slash resources, 
kind of freebies you can download, take a look at. I also have a bunch of budget spreadsheets if you want to dive into the world of budgeting and just get get to it and uh, take some action. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. And to everyone listening, I really hope you got some takeaways today. I know I did because this is an intimidating topic and it is one that I typically love to avoid because it makes me feel like if I don't look at it, then I don't have to deal with it. But the fact is our money is happening. It's spending, it's going places. Why not just make it work for us a little bit more? Why not optimize on that a little bit more? Why not you know, get those rewards and save that little bit here and there that actually is going to lend itself to the rest of our lives. So Jessica, thanks again. I am so glad that we had this conversation and to everyone listening, we will see you back here next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the papaya podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.